The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the final Furlong podcast at the Races Breeders' Cup special. Both days are exclusively live on At The Races. Yesterday, we were talking to NBC's Nick Luck, who you'll see on ATR for the two days. You're also going to see this man, our U.S. correspondent, Mr. Peter T. Fornital. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, Emmett. Always a pleasure. We had some success going over these races last year. Let's see if we can build on that. Yes, hopefully. come on. Hopefully there was some good success. Uh, it has to be said the last time you were on this time last year. Um, you've been on plenty of times since then. Uh, you also do an awful lot of work for DRF, but this year you've also contributed to the At The Races Breeders' Cup site, which you can get at breederscup.attheraces.com. Uh, you're doing a daily blog, but you're also doing runner profiles as well. And I believe you will be on the channel with a certain Matt Chapman. I, I was out there today on the, the backside of Churchill Downs with Mr. Chapman having a lot of fun. He, uh, he <laughs> abused me not only for my selections and form study methodology, but also my suit and my hat. I've <laughs> seen enough of his game that I knew, I knew what he was on about, and I got off a line or two on him too. So it was, it was actually a lot of fun. Good man, because if anybody is going to insult somebody about their attire, then he really needs to look in the mirror himself. I mean, was he it. was he wearing those stupid boots that he tends to wear when, he, when he's out, out racing? <laughs> he wears these these stupid women's Dubarry boots yeah. everywhere, and they're just the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> or that bright blue suit jacket that he brags about having got in Vegas, and it's oh. the absolute cut of him. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I at least get some unauthorized, some unauthorized gear on. I've I volunteered to go get some uh, duct tape to cover up the logos, but he was having. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Listen, if you can get the gravy, why not? Uh, we're going to start by talking about Friday's racing, beginning with the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Whoa, 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 whoa! Before we go, Kenners, before we get this, going. better be good. We need the, the up-to-date information from Pete about the weather. Okay. What's going on? Well, while I was out there with uh, Mr. Chapman, the, the monsoon uh, began. It actually hasn't been as bad as they said it was going to be. But looking at the forecast, rain is coming. And I'll tell you what, just watching a few horses hack around the turf course today, it's already there's already plenty of cut in the ground. There's uh, pat there's clods going ten feet in the air. It's going to be soft. Uh, it's just a matter of how soft. But Ooh. I mean, if there were horses heading over wanting firm ground, they're going to be sorely disappointed. And Pete, I read something very interesting from one of your colleagues there, Marcus Hirsch, there today, and he pointed out that. They're using fresh ground on the inside, about 20 foot of it. But he expressed the view that the ground, that fresh ground, while it's fresh, it's actually softer than the ground outside it. Uh, well, would, would you have any insight into that? I'll say this. You, and it's, it's hard, right? Because these races Friday that we're about to talk about are going to be the first turf races. But 
We've seen instances at Churchill Downs when it gets a lot of rain. For instance, the last two Kentucky Derby days where the turf course can bog down at the inside and you can get essentially a dead rail. It doesn't happen every time it rains. It might not rain enough for it to happen this time. It's something to pay attention to in terms of uh, how horses perform relative to expectations who do get stuck down there and also in terms of following the riders. You'll see sometimes where they all come off the rail on, on, on the turf racing on Derby on these last couple of Derby days and the, the horse on the inside is really in the three path. So we'll have to watch for that and try to adjust on the fly. Unfortunately, there's no real way of knowing. I can't tell you with any confidence that's going to be happening, but uh, Marcus is wise to, to, to point out that it can happen, and it's something we're going to have to pay attention to going forward. I wish I could give you more, but that's where we're at. Well, well, you've given the, the other, because, because when I read that, my, my thought was exactly that. Oh, maybe a wide draw might not be as big a negative as we would assume. Yeah. And and the other thing I suppose is is there any chance that this rain could come just about early enough to give it a chance to drain? So I was watching a few videos with the with the track foreman there today, and he was emphasizing that with the drainage system they have there, that if it stays fine for a few days, it could it can drain incredibly well. And his his view, and maybe he's just I know sometimes when these uh, these clerks of the course and what have you when they're talking, they're doing so. Um, they might not necessarily be telling the truth. They might be telling people what what they want to hear. But his view was that it wouldn't be any that it never gets truly soft at Churchill with the drainage system, and that he would what he would call yielding. And I don't know how how that compares to what we would call yielding in Ireland, for example. But he seemed hopeful enough that it wouldn't be too bad. It could be. I mean, there'll be plenty of cut. I can tell you that much. Uh, they, it, the courses do drain well. I can confirm that, that's the, that there's definitely some truth to that. But just based on what I'm seeing already from over the last few days when it hasn't been that rainy, uh, there's no way it's going to be firm. I can guarantee that. And I think yielding is a good guess. That's the condition we use when it's below good. That feels right. The draws, it's going to be tricky. It's going to depend on running style. You do have to remember the bend is pretty sharp. And for an American mm. track, it's a decent-sized stretch for an American track. So a handy horse uh, who can get some, can get position, maybe the outside draw is not going to be uh, the worst thing in the world. But I still wouldn't want to be out there. I suppose you'd want to be somewhere in the middle and keep your options open. Okay. And would I be right in saying, Pete, that, that w when they take in this rail and they have their 20 feet of fresh ground, the, the track is, you know, there there must be on the extreme inside or close to it there. Like, it's going to ride pretty sharp, you'd imagine. Yeah, it, typically, the when they're the, that fresh ground on the inside, all other things being equal, we've seen plenty of days where they drop the rails for these big meetings, and the inside is exactly where you want to be, and it's favorable. So I, I hate to tell you, talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but the fact is we're just going to have to wait and see what it does and as far as the draw goes, impacting uh, the prices we're willing to take, I think when you, where you, it's just very obvious where you have questions, you've got to build in a little more fat for what you're mm. willing to take. But there isn't a single horse on turf whose post has made me say, oh, that one I have to use, that one I have to eliminate. Uh, it's come into my view of the dirt races, funny enough, even more, even though it could be absolutely fast by the time we get to the big stuff on Saturday.
Okay, and we'll expand on that a little bit more as we get towards the classic. Uh, 7.21 is the first time of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, Turf Sprint, the first big race of 2018 that we'll see on ATR. And I have now the correct pronunciation. Sir- <laughs> I, was, I was given one as well. <laughs> Sergei Prokofiev. That's the correct <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> nope, that is the correct p- Sergei Prokofiev. So this is I was, his I was given I was given Sergei. No, completely wrong. Totally wrong. <laughs> Tell that person they're an idiot. Sergei Prokofiev. He's a podcast listener. He loved that. <laughs> so, um, well, it's a podcast listener that gave me the right pronunciation as well. So this son of Scat Daddy uh, who kind of lost this is his going, this way. Is be, this, this is going to come, become like Moe and Moet. Uh, yeah, but I was right about that too. Moet. <laughs> in, in spirit only. So you got to... Yeah, no, I was right. You were wrong. Uh, Sergei Prokofiev. This is his ideal trip, five furlongs. We know that now. Um, they would prefer it if the ground was a little bit better. What's the American anticipation of him over there being a son of Scat Daddy um, and the expectation of him? Shang 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 runs for Wesley Ward, hasn't hasn't run since her victory at Royal Ascot. And are either of those two horses ones you fancy or is there something else that interests you entirely? I believe Sergei uh, Prokofiev is the one that I accuse you of doing a, a John Malkovich accent. When, when <laughs> That's right. On a previous uh, edition of the pod. Uh, you notice right away as an American looking at the form there to have left hand form around a, a left handed uh, bend. That's. That's something that, uh, that that will attract attention. My fear is what you already indicated. I just wasn't certain uh, as far as the ground. Shang, Shang, Shang. Um, I don't. I, something's clearly gone wrong um, for her not to have been seen since the Norfolk. I thought she was very fortunate to win there. To me, uh, I don't have anything wildly uh, wildly clever in this race. I'm just going with the horse that I think has by far the best form, and that's Soldier's Call. I, I think will be suited. Obviously, there are open questions about the bend, but I think we'll be suited to American racing, and I was just really impressed by that run in the Abbey. Um, for us, you know, we don't ever see two-year-olds face elders, so for him to have run so gamely in there and just the body of work and the, the the undeniable class and toughness i think the prices on offer are pretty square and i'm comfortable starting my day trying to get soldiers call to put me on a winning foot and kevin we briefly discussed this race yesterday and that's where you were leaning as well yeah i am I, i'm a, i was just a small bit concerned about the bend i don't know how much chat this has got but like he, he's never raced around a bend. Um, it's it's a, the, a theme that we'll get that will come across with a few of the European two-year-olds, even over even over the mile races. Um, he's never gone around a bend. He's got a big kind of exuberant action on him, big long stride, um, and it, it just when they haven't done it before, and you know, they'll really be tested around here because it it is sharp. It's it's going to be all action. He's a horse that probably ideally wants to be certain, maybe not making it, but certainly up there. Um, and it'll be a test of him, and that will be a slight concern. The ground will obviously be a small bit of an unknown too. But haven't had a real good look at him again today. I think based on his action, he'll probably be fine as long as it's not too soft. 
Um, and Sergey, like, like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sergey, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what the the public thinks afterwards. <laughs> Um, I was speaking to Aiden there yes last night um, for an at the races stable tour that went uh, that went up there earlier today and you know he he seems pretty sweet on, on Sergey in general but he would be concerned about the ground I think and um, I got that impression um, very much a speed horse look it'll be it's no secret he'll be ridden pretty cold and we look to sweep late on mm. and they'll just be tough tactics to execute here I think you need to be very good. And where, whereas Soldier's Call um, perhaps doesn't have quite as big a concern about the ground and will be given a no-nonsense ride from a good draw. And Sergey, you know, he's only raced around a bend once on debut and um, he looked like a lost child that day. He was very, very green. Um, I know that's, that's more probably more so reflective of the fact that it was it his was first day of school ra- yeah. rather, than, rather than the bend itself. But... He hasn't had a chance to acquire any more experience around a bend since then. So it's a bit of an unknown with him as well, really. Um, so basically, and So Perfect is in a, is in a not dissimilar boat as well. I think she's she may have had... Um, she Actually, she's never gone around a bend either. She, she's coming in uh, with no experience of a bend. Pocket Dynamo, I think, of the other Europeans, has gone around a bend a few times early on in his career but it's just a, it's just a bit of a slight unknown to me and look in the circumstances it'll be a tentative vote um for soldiers call to me i think he's very good um like um echo what what pete says you know his last two runs in particular were very very good and if he can bring that level of form to the table and execute it around the bend um he'll be very tough to beat i think and Archie Watson booking Oshin Murphy for the ride, who's been having a fantastic season as well. Uh, race six on the card is the eight o'clock. It is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies Turf. And I think this is going to be a pretty brief one because while there is Irish interest here and indeed UK interest, Peter sounded pretty confident off air about one horse in particular. Take it away, my friend. Well, Chad Brown has dominated this race since its inception, and Newspaper of Record has as good, probably better, form than any of his previous winners of the race. Newspaper of Record has shown that she can handle cut in the ground, uh, looks well in the flesh, looks well in the morning, makes her own journey. Uh, I, I think this is one that on the USA tote is just going to get hammered and going to make the current prices, uh, which I'm seeing some seven to four around, look pretty darn good. There was 11 to four around last week. That's obviously long gone. But this is one where I expect the price to just keep going in as far as USA Exotics players going to be a, a single on many tickets. And, and for me, one of the most likely winners of the meeting. Okay. I'm one of the most likely winners of the meeting. I absolutely love that. And there is two to one available with certain firms kevin can you beat that statement you know i think east is a very big price here um i think she's a big price um she's got what seems a bad draw for 14 but i don't think that's a huge thing in itself i'd imagine they'll write her quietly enough anyway Mm. and um I watched back her run in France again. It's on. It's if you don't have normally have access to the videos, it's on YouTube. If, if you type in the the race name, uh, the videos up there and free to watch, and um, it's worth watching. 
it's worth watching because she she went from a, a good position to being kind of boxed up. You know, Stefan Pasquier got outridden a little bit and uh, got shuffled back and had to come around them. But by God, she's strong late on. She is very strong. And um, like the form, you can poke holes of the form, but there's a couple of kind of listed class horses in behind it. And she smashed them up, to be fair to her, on the second run of her life. You know, not long after her debut, she, she you know, came from an awful long way back on debut and was quite impressive, over six furlongs. And um, the fact that she's gone over there is just significant. There wouldn't be a Kevin Ryan thing to do, really. Mm. And, um, you know, he, he, as we mentioned uh, on yesterday's podcast, Kevin actually went and bought um, a full sister to this horse. The Goffs paid an awful lot of money for her um, only a few weeks ago. I think off the top of my head, 400000 uh, which, which is uh, sorry, a full brother rather than a full sister. Um, so they clearly have big old wraps on, on, on this filly. And yeah, look, I, I think she might surprise a few people. She'll go in under the radar. Um, of course, no disrespect, but I don't think Kevin Ryan would be a very well known trainer in America. And um, why draw? And look, double figure prices there. You know, if she's trained by Aiden O'Brien, she's second fav. Mm. Um, and, and I don't think that's going over the top with it. No, it's it's a cliche, uh, but it does make sense. And you can get 14 to 1 a better. And with Spencer on board that, that, as well, that, you know she'll be ridden ice cold. Probably yeah, longer looking... on the toe. Probably longer on the toe, too. We saw with Hit It a Bomb the other year that uh, there could sometimes be an overreaction to those poorly posted. Uh, I think Kevin makes a compelling case. And, and that's one, especially if newspaper takes all the action, I think she's going to on the toe one that's likely to drift from un for unfamiliar connections and, and sort of uh, hidden form and a, and a poor post. But I'm, I'm, I'm convinced to at least do something to try to save the bacon if Kevin's right. Yeah, look, and if it depends how, you know, the, the last run is slightly difficult to weigh up and be bullish about what she's run to. But even if you take a conservative view of it, she's probably only a couple of pounds behind the likes of Just Wonderful. You know, so I think she's, she's a big price, only unexposed. Um, you know, I think with her pedigree, you know, she can take a bit of a grip, but with her pedigree, there's every chance to, that she'll improve for to step up to a mile. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think she's really interesting. I, I really do. And and ease in the ground, no problem whatsoever. Um, the ground was soft when she when she made her debut, and uh, it caused her no problem there. She does bend her knee a bit, and yeah, look, I. In terms of you know each way it plays, I I there won't be loads than this stronger for me at the weekend. So very go very much going head to head with these. <laughs> Daughter of Frankel. Um, one of the things that we could do, because exotic bets are very popular in America, is uh, a, a box exacta. Is that something that you would play here, Peter? Yeah, I could I could see that as a saver. I would play. I've got my wager already. Uh, all sorted out on newspaper of record, but there's no reason with with the win money I have there for very inexpensively I could get some insurance with a little fourteen six um, exacta and maybe flip it the other way. But the main thing I'd be interested in is just covering um, and East just for another data point twenty to one on the USA Morning line. Nice, interesting. So when you're dealing with your online bookmaker or your high street bookmaker, reverse forecast. But um, if they are going to give you 
box exactors and give you access to the throat. That's what you do. That's what Barry Faulkner made his name on. And it's what uh, Peter is going to be taking out an insurance claim on as well. Um, and if East wins, if East wins, I'm claiming it as a win for Golden. <laughs> because Kev- Kevin Ryan is a Golden man. He was born and raised in Golden. All his family are still here. So uh, oh, that'll yeah. be a Golden winner. Yeah, yeah. The old, <laughs> the old tricolor and the Golden... Uh, <laughs> GAA flag will be flying high in America. The last oh, race, <laughs> the... beaten in a county final on Sunday. Oh <laughs> too soon, too dear, soon. too soon, too <laughs> soon. Uh, the last race we're going to mention on the Friday is the 9:22. It's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, um, and this is really all about the UK and Irish interest. Uh, we've got Line of Duty. Uh, named after one of the best TV shows <laughs> on the box. I've said this many times before. Make sure you watch it. Uh, but also Anthony Van Dyke for Aidan O'Brien. And Arthur Kitt makes the journey over as well. So um, Aidan O'Brien's got a fabulous record in this race. Godolphin haven't done badly in it either, particularly with Charlie Appleby. Would you be leaning towards Anthony Van Dyke, Peter? I'm a little concerned about the ground. Now, I know there is form on softer ground, but just the visual impression combined with the price, which is low enough in my view, combined with the post. I mean, I understand if you look at the winners of this race, Anthony Van Dyke has many of the attributes, including the, the doerst form and being just simply being trained by uh, the great Aiden O'Brien, but I at the prices I'm gonna try to lean another way, and I'm very curious to get your guys' opinions if if the if the ground is is a little bit of a concern or if I'm making that up. Yeah, Kev, I think that's definitely a, an issue in your mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be I'd be concerned on that. Um, he was made look very workmanlike um, when winning on, on yielding ground there during the middle of the season. And he came out on, on a sounder surface and, and beat the city. I think it was Christmas to finish second to him on yielding ground. And when they met again on, on a sounder surface, Anthony Van Dyke absolutely whomped him. Um, so I, and Aiden seems to have the same concern. I think the quote was, he, he doesn't need nor want it. Um, so I, th- I think they're all concerned that the, you know, the draw is a bit of a, is a concern as well. And um, yeah, I just at the price, I'm happy enough to, to skip by him. Um, and I'd make a little case again. I mentioned it last night. I'd make a little case for Line of Duty um, because I went to watch that race again and that, his race in France last time. That's another one that's on YouTube if you want to chase it up. And um, he was probably a bit lucky because he, he found himself pocketed. And if it wasn't one running in the same colours that was holding him in, I don't think they, I think he'd still be waiting for the gap. But uh, the gap opened up. And That's an interesting suggestion there, Kevin. Collusion. Well, what, well, watch the race and see what you, watch the races. They're trained by different trainers, but watch the oh, races. Yeah, see yeah, yeah a little bit of collusion there in the, in the old blue silks. Yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> but uh, once the gap opened up, he quickened up into it quite impressively, I thought, and um, ultimately won very well. And look what's finished in third. One of Vondermund, um, who's come out and won the group one since. You know, so the, the, the form got a significant boost there. And um, a line of duty w- was well on top of all of them, really. Once he got that open air, I'd imagine he'll come on from that experience very much. So I think he will have learned a lot. Um, 
And yeah, look, yeah, I think he his stamina would certainly be no trouble. That was nine furlongs. Ground would be no trouble. Um, certainly moves like a horse that, that would handle and ease. And uh, yeah, look, he's a, he's he's a slightly bigger price. I know Anthony Van Dyke would certainly have the sexier form and the the more high profile form lines, but. Yeah, line of duty from a better draw, I, I suspect, would be given a no-nonsense ride and look to sit handy behind the leaders. And he might be the one to, to take the glory. All right. And spoiler alert, not only is Peter T. Fornatel a huge fan of the BBC drama Line of Duty, which you can watch <laughs> on BBC America, but he also really likes this horse. I actually haven't seen the show, and apparently I need to. I get all my TV tips these days from you guys, so we'll just oh, God. watch it. Yeah. Watch it. You will be addicted from episode one. <laughs> but I do I do think that the USA style of racing projects to suit uh, Line of Duty. Now, when I was on the show, I, I measure out my year in uh, coffee spoons and appearances on the Final Furlong podcast. <laughs> when I was on the show to talk about the Derby, we talked about the, the, the concept of international arbitrage. And this race might provide another interesting opportunity uh, when I saw the bookie prices on Line of Duty, they were fair enough. Nothing I'd put you off. When I saw the USA Morning Line, I got pretty excited. Ten to one. Now, that's just a prediction of how the crowd's going to bet. But mathematically, there's a reason they come up with that number based on what how you, various U.S. horses are going to be bet. Maybe one to look to bet more in the USA. And meanwhile... There is a horse, one horse, in, a couple of horses, but one horse in particular on the USA side of things who's been one of the buzz horses at Churchill Downs this week, a horse named 40 Under. And looking at bookie prices on 40 Under, I'm seeing things in the double digits, whereas the morning line guess, and I think the reality on the tote is going to probably be half that, more like five to one. So I did have half a thought to back line of duty in the USA pool and see if I could have an associate, perhaps my friend Rob Dove, one of the top 10 pro punchers in the UK today, <laughs> uh, take a wager for me on 40 under. You're sending uh, out your you team what, just, of runners, just... saddling up the donkeys all across London to get the job done for you. <laughs> <laughs> and just a, just a brief sidetrack down to Bloodstock Corner there. Um, 40 under is by Uncle Mo. Yes. Um, and of course, Uncle Mo won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and went on and w was a, a very good three-year-old as well. But not everyone that if you don't follow kind of a dirt, dirt-based bloodstock in America, you might not know. But he has developed into a bit of a sour sensation uh, since he's retired to stud. He's doing exceptionally well, and um, it could well, you know, would be considered one of the leading sires in the country already, um, and have the potential to, you know go even further I'd imagine because it's only been the last kind of two or three years that um, you know that, that his runners have started to emerge and really show themselves to be tip top so he's he's one to bear in mind he's a tip top star is he you ever get you, you want to visit him if you get the chance at uh, Ashford Stud Coolmore America gorgeous he just is the picture of a stallion the success he's had so far has been amazing and i'll just second that emotion the hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar stud fee looks like it, it it might be going up for uncle mo yeah i'm just looking at his page here he recorded the highest buyer figures of his generation at both two and three years and of course the andy buyer figures are are, are uh, very much respected but yeah, he could be an interesting one, so to be backing from the European side of things. 
And uh, again, reverse forecast possibly with line of duty. Trifecta with Anthony Van Dyke. And we're all off to Dubai. Uh, on the Saturday, we will start... Uh, with em- em- Emmett Kennedy has so has the sole responsibility for destroying the tourist industry in Dubai. Telling nobody's you. going. Nobody Tell- can afford it. Telling you, it's coming off. It's gonna, it's gonna come off. The, the Breeders, <laughs> Breeders' Cup lucky sixty-three is taking us there. Uh, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint is a race that Peter is keen to talk about, and it's the first race at the timing for the Breeders' Cup this year is very favourable for us. We don't have to be staying up all night to watch it. Uh, begins at 4pm on the Saturday, live and exclusive on At The Races. And why exactly have you chosen this race? What gold have you found for us, Peter? Well, I don't want to overstate. There's just a runner who looks to be overpriced in the UK and Irish markets from my from my previous glance. Hopefully that's remained the same. I just feel like Marley's Freedom was so impressive at the Ballerina in Saratoga, a day when I attempted to oppose her, uh, that I feel like the way this race sets up should play to her style. It's really the old fastest horse in the race at a square price angle. Um, this is another one who I think will be bet far below on the tote. USA tote players are going to probably have to come up with something a little bit more creative. But if you can get something in the neighborhood of two to one on Marley's Freedom, I just think she's the best horse. I think her form, especially since she joined uh, the barn of Bob Baffert, has just been, she's just run some really impressive races and is going to take all the beating on Saturday in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. And presumably the Burger King man will be beside <laughs> Bob as well. <laughs> Uh, just to get himself on NBC and uh, and they can have a good old laugh for themselves. Uh, we'll move on to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile 516 on At The Races. $630,000 this race is worth. I remember Master Craftsman running in this race and he really should have won it. He was very, very unlucky. Um, strong favourite here. He's veering from 11 to 8 to even money. Uh, Catalina Cruiser and then City of Light and then it's pretty much whatever price you want about the rest of them so Peter break this race down for us the two favorites are the place to start that's for sure neither one posted perfectly Catalina Cruiser on the far outside City of Light down at the rail now on the rail out of the chute at Churchill Downs this one this one turn mile on the dirt a lot of horses break slowly coming out of there. If you take trip notes, you're going to end up riding out slow one, an awful lot in mile races on the dirt. City of Light did not break very well last time at Saratoga, one of the things that got him in trouble in the forego on the Travers undercard. I love City of Light. I think he's so talented. Uh, I consider his trainer a friend. I want the horse to win. I can't bet the horse drawn down at the inside. I will just be happy uh, for the human connections should he win. Catalina Cruiser, I cannot I cannot look at the form and tell you and the figures and tell you anything wrong with it. This horse is unbeaten and untested. But perhaps that untested part in a race like this where he's going to have to contest with a horse like City of Light, my thought betting-wise here is to maybe just try to get creative. And there are some going to be some horses, as you point out, Emmett, at very big prices 
One of the ones I'm very interested in is Awesome Slew. This is a horse who has um, including racing on a dead rail in previous starts and should be uh, a very, very pleasing price for each way possibility. 40 to 1. Aye, aye. And it's an each way race. Get stuck in. On another show, I mentioned seven trumpets as a long shot possibility and and was mocked because I guess there's been a lot of more wise guy attention in the seven trumpets direction. Another one who each way might make sense as an alternative. I think something crazy could happen here. I think if the favorites try to run this as a match race, if they hook up early, you could get something really crazy to happen. Both those horses, I think, have reasons to run better than they've shown. That's why it's not my favorite race, far from it, at the Breeders' Cup. Generally, the Breeders' Mm -hmm. Cup Dirt Mile. But I just thought this year it was worth bringing up on the show because I do think it's an excellent betting opportunity. And, hey, if I'm wrong and one of these two favorites romps, that's going to be interesting from a sporting point of view. It's a race that I think uh, the final furlong audience should pay attention to this time around. I like it, Peter. Speaking of getting laughed laughed at for a selection, (laughs) Can I just set us in reverse briefly, very, very briefly, to have a quick chat about the turf sprint? Sure. Because it, it wouldn't shock me at all if Lost Treasure runs a race here. I hear. And this fella, this fella has quickly become a bit of a, uh, a bit of a anti-hero in Ireland because I, <laughs> he most fa- he most fa- he ran an app. He's got this uh, a mad profile, really. He only won a maiden. Um, you know, in August, he, he was rated 80 a few times, running in handicaps and conditions races. And out, out of nowhere, 100 to 1, he's beaten a length in the in the Abbey. Uh, massive run. He's gone to Navin and absolutely disgraced himself. He's quick enough to win. And you've never seen a horse slam on the brakes so dramatically once in front as he did. And he got nibbed in the final, not even the final stride, the final half stride. And he should have bolted up. Um, but that that's him. And last time he, he was just beaten in a, in a group three. Things didn't go perfectly for him up at Dundalk. And I just think Ryan is going to get on him now. There's going to be no pressure on him. To me, to my eye, it looks like there's a good bit of pace here. Um, he can ride him stone cold and look to deliver him um, on the line, basically. And I, I just wouldn't be shocked if he's in the mix. Like his form is, 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 is strong. That Abbey form is good. And um, there's potential for more improvement. He wouldn't. He wouldn't want too much rain now. We, we we'll add that. But double figure price doesn't have a sexy profile. Half the country absolutely hates him. So he'll probably he'll probably go off uh, quite a big price, I'd imagine. And he just might be one that that outruns that price. Yeah, he's ten to one currently right now. But you can imagine the the American price being uh, considerably bigger. And as you said, Ryan Moore is on him, but. God, yeah, I... all they have to do is show the video of his run at Navin to the American audience and they'll come out in numbers to point their fingers and laugh at him. I'd feel dirty, like really dirty back in him now. Filthy. Oh, Filthy. I'd, I'd feel real dirty. Um, <laughs> awesome slew. So uh, in, in, in terms of how this race is going to be run, are you thinking that the setup could just be perfect for the five horse in the dirt mile? Peter, I, I think there's going to be plenty of pace on because City of Light has no alternative. I mean, unless he just doesn't break at all, which hopefully will not be the case. He kind of from down inside has no alternative but to go. Drawn outside, 
with the with his main rival in the market down at the rail, Catalina Cruiser, probably no alternative but to go. So I think they could just potentially end up running it like a match. And if they go too quickly, I, it's not going to be a situation I don't think where they're able to back it down and make it just between the two of them. I think if they end up going really quickly, one of two things is going to happen. One of them is going to blow up the other one and re- turn it into a procession, in which case you could still try to get something with uh, potentially putting those two big favorites over horses like Awesome Slew and Seven Trumpets in Exactas, or the race is going to fall apart completely, in which case you could have a 40-1 to 1 winner here. Right, we shall move along to a race that is very much dominated by European runners. It is the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf off at 6.04 on UK and Irish time. And we've got Wild Illusion in the market, Magic Wand for Aidan O'Brien, Azira for Dermot Weld. Um, so, Peter, we'll lead off with you again. I know Kevin's going to have a very strong view in this race. Is it all about the Europeans, or is there something special from the U.S. lurking in the market? Well, you were joking about team tactics before, and anytime one trainer has so many horses in a race, as Chad Brown does here, uh, there does loom the possibility of a race being run to suit one or a couple of his runners. I would not rule. I would not rule out Team Chad. I, I mean. <laughs> Mr. Charlie has legitimate grade one form, obviously has form in a French Oaks form going back quite a while. She's a serious runner. And then other members of his uh, flotilla also can't be, can't be necessarily counted out. So it's not, this race is not a benefit for the Europeans as much as it is Chad Brown versus Europe, which is a movie I would go see. So in that, <laughs> I'm excited to, to check it out. Four Star Crook, another one who just is such a hard trier and continues to to overachieve for him. But I can't get away. I'm somebody who would like to go back and look through the past performances of past Philly and Mare Turf winners and past Breeders' Cup winners. And Wild Illusion just has the look of a horse that was PP you'd see in a book as a winner of a race like the Philly and Mayor. There was some drama on the track today. She tried to get loose. Really? Uh, okay. the yeah, there was some fine horsemanship to keep her in check, but the 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 work continued as planned. She she took the bit well. It my you know I'm not like uh, Kevin with this stuff. I'm not a horseman, but the impression I got was simply that she was she was just feeling frisky, feeling good, feeling full of herself, as opposed to being unhappy. Um, and the work continued apace. I'm very interested in Wild Illusion, price being the only question. But I will not bet. I would not bet this race, whether I were on the show or not. I would not bet this race before hearing uh, your guys' op- opinion. All right. Well, let's bring in Kevin Blake. So uh, Wild Illusion definitely would be the leading European contender. But I've long suspected that this track will really suit Magic Wand. And we saw how good she was at the Royal meeting, would ground be a big factor for you with her? It seems to be a concern. It seems to be a concern for sure. Um, look, Aiden seems to think she's improving. Her last two runs have been very good. Um, ground is just a slight concern. She was disappointing. She ran okay, but she was disappointing in the Oaks, really, when she the last time she got soft ground. Um, it probably won't be quite that soft here, but it's, it's a concern. And um, look, Wild Illusion is just really solid, isn't she? Mm. Uh, she's she's well drawn. She can make the run and she can sit handy. 
this trip, uh, you know, 10 probably suits her better than 12. And this kind of sharp 11 will be probably close enough to ideal for her. Um, you know, like a couple of these, she's had a long enough season. But, yeah, she, she's a very solid fav, I think. Um, one I would give a shout to. Um, Athena, I would have in the same boat as Magic Wand. I might just be a little bit worried about the ground for her. Um, I'd give Azira a good shout uh, for Dermot Weld. Um, this is a filly I, I like. Uh, she she ran a couple of very good races. Well, she ran a, you know, she's she's got plenty of form over a mile and a half. But I always suspected that coming back to ten would suit her well. And while she won over that trip at the Curra last time, I was a little bit upset she didn't win better. I was I was expecting her to bolt up there, and the race panned out nicely for her. And she just made harder work of it than I expected. You know, it's still, a, it's still a, a very good effort, not far off her best, but I was just hoping the trip might bring her forward a little bit. Um, this 11 furlongs should should suit her just fine. The American style of racing should suit her. She has loads of gears and a great ability to travel. Um, any ease in the ground would be no problem whatsoever. If, if Even if something mad happened and it was proper soft, um, that would be zero problem for her. Um, the draw would be a concern for sure. Um, 14 is not ideal. Even if the, the rail is dead, you, you'd much rather be uh, a few gates <clears throat> a few gates tighter to it. Um, but she, she's probably my selection. I, I don't think we've seen the very, very best of her. You know, Dermot Wilde has had um, another middling year. You know, not quite as bad as last year, but a middling year, I think. And I, I don't think that's being harsh in saying that. No, it's um, not. He hasn't been shooting the lights out. But... This horse could could be a, a significant boost. We know she's talented, and she gets Frankie on board as well. Yeah, and that's absolutely no harm whatsoever. Um, Frankie, as we know, comes alive in the big days, and he'll be looking to execute a bit of genius from stall fourteen. Um, and yeah, she she's my selection. You know, wouldn't wouldn't be one of the stronger ones now, but uh, I suspect she might be a small bit underrated going over there. Okay, and that, she's coming out of 14 of 14. Athena, of course, has already won in the States, is a big, big price as oh, well. Oh, and quickly, before we move on, Kenners, I, I have to give a shout-out to, to Princess Yeza representing Gavin Cromwell. Um, he It was one of the bits of placing of the season for him to get this filly to win a Group 2 last time. Um, a very weak Group 2, you'd have to say, but the unbelievable job that Gavin did to, to put her in there and to win it. Um, more needed here, but you know he'd have the the, the well wishes of everyone at Irish Racing behind him. You know, Gavin, you know he was a part-time trainer up to a few years ago. He, um, Gordon Elliott's farrier, and his yeah. results have just spoken for themselves in recent years. His numbers have gone up, and getting a filly this good is just huge for him. And I really hope she runs a big one for him. As do I echo that as well. And of course, Kevin, you're favorite female jockey andrea atzini will take the ride so <laughs> you'll, you'll be through it. <laughs> uh, having heard uh, kevin's analysis peter uh, has your mind been changed at all well i'll tell you what i don't think it'll be another one it won't be hard to save a little bit with uh azira in the usa pools 15 to 1 on the morning line if 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 uh, outside posted horses haven't done well to that point. You could see the crowd just sort of forgetting about a poorly posted uh, horse in a race where there's going to be so much hype around Wild Illusion. And again, the in, in the USA, we're just we're so conditioned to Chad Brown not just winning graded stakes turf races, but running one two or one two three when he has multiple entries. I think the price is going to be such 
that it would be silly not to save a little bit. So I very much appreciate that analysis. Okay. Uh, you are quite keen also to talk about the Breeders' Cup Sprint. So Roy H., we've seen uh, many a time. Get He's it, Roy. back in action. Get it, Roy! Get it, Roy! Get it, Roy! Um, Imperial <laughs> Hint, they're the ones who head the market. Imperial Hint is favorite. Uh, Roy H., the defending champion, is uh, second favorite. Uh, favorite with some bookmakers. What is your analysis of this one, Peter? I'm going to try to uh, get an each-way horse in the mix. I was on at the races stateside on the night of October 5th for the Phoenix Stakes, and we, we we watching all saw the trip that Limousine Liberal had, having difficulty getting a run in the lane. He's a horse who simply loves Churchill Downs. Six wins from eight starts in his career he's a hard trier they're gonna go quick up front and hopefully set it up for his late run one of the ones at the top of the market could easily win the race i think he's got an excellent chance to get somewhere in the number uh, that night even after that race there were some huge numbers available we're not going to see those but i still think there's some value in limousine liberal what's going on over there i know it's halloween but like what the hell is there a Sorry. horror movie going on or something no I, I just got up from my desk because there's fireworks going off here and i have all the horses out the stables behind the house and just glancing out to make sure they're all okay <laughs> There's a, a bowl left out with some sweets in it in case kids trick or treat. And <laughs> when you walk, it's mo it's got a motion sensor on it. When you go when you, when you go past it, this little Google jumps out and tries to grab your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you cruel, cruel man! I'm, I'm walking past again here, so he might go off again. Oh, <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Uh, there's going to be kids who are going to have. Very expensive therapy bills long into their 40s. Um, so you're going to be going for a limousine liberal to hopefully get a better trip in the Breeders' Cup sprint. When we sp spoke off air, none of us were overly keen to discuss the Breeders' Cup mile. But it is such an important race that we should touch on it briefly. Um, Polly Dream represents the French. You've got an excellent record in this race. Expert eye. <sighs> whatever uh, Gustav Klimt <laughs> I Can Fly uh, I Can Fly ran an absolute stormer last time out Kevin and you were of the opinion that she was capable of doing that but she'd run in between from Leopardstown to Ascot and the idea was to back her each way at 33s she'd gone out to 66s having been so disappointing but then went off at 33s on the day and almost wins at can you see this race setting up to to really suit her, or is this finally going to be the day where happily or Gustav Klimt get things to to suit them and fall their way, or should we just blindly follow the French again? Um, I don't have a strong view, but I can fly to big prize, isn't she? Yeah. Is, is this is. not just a, a classic case of where? A horse seems to run above itself at a very big price, and the market just doesn't want to believe it. Yeah. Because um, she's run a stormer. She's the next second to Roaring Lion. And, you know, on another day, you know, it might have been a little bit different. You know, she might, she might have won. Mm. Um, and, you know, the promise has been there with her for a while. She's been a bit up and down this season, to say the least. But when she's been good, she's been very good. 
and um, there there won't be any great pressure, I don't think, on Jamie Spencer, and he can he can relax and and give her a waiting ride and and see what happens. Look, this is this is a good mile. Um, I I, I like Expert Eye, unlike you. <laughs> I think he's uh, he skipped a few targets to come here. There's there's a Group One in this horse, um, and a sharp mile might be the circumstances that bring it about. Um, so Potty Dream, obviously, the Group last One time. in Australia for him. You mean? <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Chris Chapman and now you guys going on going out for Australia. Well, well, I'll have you know that he's officially rated one nineteen, which is more than all oh, bar four horses that have ever taken on wings in their four year so he might well have a chance to win the group Expert one. Expert eye, finally the group one. Finally the one to do in winks. Happy, <laughs> happy days. Well, no, I just if you if you haven't seen it, and if you're, um, I'm sure most of the the, the listeners will have seen it. But if you haven't seen Polly Dreams last run, go back and watch it and imagine you've had a right bet on Polly Dream. <laughs> just go do that as an exercise and see how you feel after that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very that's a very good piece of advice, actually. Um, just imagine you have properly lumped on and uh, you'll be calling your therapist for uh, for advice straight away as well. Call, calling a hitman to go find Maxime Guillon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kev, is I Can Fly going to be your selection? I think at the prices, it's not a strong view, but she looks overpriced to me. Okay, Peter, for you? I'm interested in Polydream especially if the five to one of the USA morning line materializes. Ooh. I like not only, I mean, it's, it's hard to get away from that trip, as you mentioned, but I also just like that. This has, I'm sure been the plan for poly dream for quite some time, given the connections history in this race. Okay. And I can fly is unfortunately 10 to one on the morning line as well. We're almost there. The breeders cup turf. And we got to give a big shout out to Darth Monty again, who, oh, yes. who once again produced an epic video promoting the fact that we're doing uh, not one but two Breeders' Cup previews. And I asked him to include High Chaparral's epic second Breeders' Cup turf win. And he did that indeed and included Stormflag Flying's epic victory as well so i asked for that one <laughs> you did you did yeah great, co great commentary brilliant commentary. commentary the heart of a champion um great tom durkin ah oh, tom durkin what an absolute legend Genius. Uh, i love this race enable is a long odds on favorite for it uh vault geist who was behind her in the arc uh, magical who was also behind her in the arc but has since come out and won and Talismanic, who won this race last year, somehow, uh, all line up. He's a 12 to 1 shot. So, Peter, we'll get your assessment first of all. Enable taking this race in. Do you take the view that the Arc Hoodoo, there's something behind that? That it just no. takes. Okay. That's. No. That's it, 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 even if I did, I think Enable would be exempt from that given that this is the, the third start of the campaign. Mm. Certainly, mm. some ARC winners have come here over the top. Dylan Thomas comes to mind. Found. Plenty of ARC winners have won, have won winning races. Um, even Found's run, I don't believe, is as bad as it seemed the year after she won the turf. I, I, I believe that that was, you know, that talk about team tactics again. 
with, with Highland Real out there on the lead setting, just even fractions. Nobody goes after Highland Real. Highland Real wins. I feel like if the other jockeys had been aggressive in that spot and had set it up for a collapse the way that Found ran through the lane, she might have well have won two races in a row. Going back in history, you can find ARC winners who've run absolutely huge winning races at the Breeders' Cup meeting. I don't... I'm not saying Enable cannot uh, lose, but if, if if Enable were to lose, it would be uh, it would not be because of any stat having to do with arc runners. And I believe she's kind of exempt from it anyway, given the nature of her campaign. She looked well over there today. She didn't really do much running on the turf course, but I was impressed just watching her briefly run at speed with the way her stride looked over the surface and, and just her general mental state looked well. And I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with the betting. I mean, this is a case where I could see almost anything happening in the USA tote market. I could see all the money going there and having it be a three to five situation where it's a pass and root for enable, or maybe take a shot with something at a price, or I could see cynicism creeping in and even money arriving. And in case I'd, I'd have to have a bet. So it's one to monitor. Um, What, what are the the boogie prices now are long odds on you said? Yeah. Well, when I say log long odds on uh, the morning line in the States is six to four on, and she's currently seven to four on uh, one to two with a couple of firms, but you can get seven to four on about her, but we have seen, Short price favorites get duffed in this race over the years. Now, Enable is a proper star, and it's an awful shame that we haven't had her for the entire season. But she's come out and won her arc, and now she's heading to the States for one of the most important races of the year as well. So we need to enjoy her, and if she goes and bolts up, um, I'd be more than happy. But I couldn't bring myself to back her at the price. So... Could you recommend an alternative to me, Peter? Won't be from the U.S. team. I think if you're looking for an alternative, and I'm very curious what you guys think about this as well, but but it would seem to me that the the uh, the, the arc also rans would be the place to look. And speaking of an arc also ran who turned over a short price in the Breeders' Cup turf, Magical has form that kind of looks like found heading into this race Mm. and depending on where the prices go that's another way i could see myself going with my money depending on uh what happens in the market how they look to me and right before the race if enable shows any signs of boiling over something like that to get me off that bandwagon or the price is too short I, i mean just just my reading of it is that that uh Magical has some some real uh, attributes potentially for this race, uh, as does Waldgeist. So, if I were going somewhere, it would be with one of those three. I liked Talismanic in the race last year. I think he was obviously fortunate to win. He might have been third best in the race, and the this is a tougher race, and the form has gotten worse. So I won't be going back down that road. And there's some nice USA horses, but none that I can really get stuck into i'll certainly take a look at bookie prices to see if there's just something crazy going on with a talented runner like channel maker but i can't come on here and give you a form study reason to 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 go a a different way than than looking at the ones that ran well in the arc okay well kev i would be more inclined to sit back and watch enable if i'm a fan of hers and and want to see her win the race as opposed to backing her but I do want to have a bet on this race, and I am inclined to take her on. I was delighted to see her win the arc, but I'm, in, I'm inclined to take her on here. And 
the two horses that Peter mentioned are the two that interest me, Magical and Valkeist, and I'm almost inclined to do the reverse forecast on them and <laughs> really go for the absolute sweep. Uh, but if I had to pick between the two, which one would you point me in the direction of? Um, probably Magical. I think Magical has the attributes you want for a race like this. Um, she's a She's got a decent draw. She's a pretty no-nonsense ride. Look, she's unexposed over this trip, and it clearly suits her very well. Her connections have always felt that a mile and a half would be her trip. Um, any ease in the ground will be no problem whatsoever. Um, the biggest problem she has is I just don't think she's as good a horse as Enable. Um, I'm probably not even close. Um, Enable is quite possibly the best horse on the planet. Um, mm. And she, she's so straightforward. She's dead easy. She's got a good draw. She can make the running if she needs to. I doubt she'll have to. Um, and Frankie can sit handy. Uh, trip, ground, there'd be no issues really. And again, a, li- a little bit like the arc, you just you you leave yourself in the hands of of John Gosden. Um, she wouldn't be here unless she, unless she was um, showing him all the right signs. I know um, someone, uh, probably many people listening, would be like, "But, but, but," he said there's the arc when he wasn't 100 percent happy with her, but. I think, you know, this is only the third run of her prep. I don't think they needed to come here. And um, I will put my fate in John Gosden to have her absolutely bang on and hopefully bolt up and hopefully come back next year. Because like like I say, I, I do believe she is quite possibly the best horse on the planet Well, ir- any trip. Irrespective of what she does at the Breeders' Cup of the weekend, I really hope she's back in training next year. Uh, because I agree with you, she's... I think she is the best horse in training. Um, she's just too short a price. And we've, I've seen them beaten before at the Breeders' Cup uh, where it looked as though the horse could not get beaten. No way could could defeat even be thought of only for the horse to, to be beaten. Um, and that's my one concern with her. But she yeah, is... I, I, I suppose you'd say, if you remember back to those cases, I'd imagine in the vast majority of them, it was with a horse that you know had a full campaign and was coming yeah. there at the end of a full campaign, whereas Enable, theoretically, is coming here a very fresh horse, as is Magical in many ways, but Enable especially is coming here very fresh. And she's a filly that, that loves her work. She loves racing. She's a very enthusiastic individual. And uh, I'd be hoping she'd be able to come forward from what she did in the arc. And if she, she can do that... Um, it's a way and gone, but it's, she wins by, by clear ground, I think. Okay, we are on to the last race. Race 11, Saturday night, 9.44. The Breeders' Cup Classic accelerates. is currently the favourite. Head of McKenzie, Catholic boy, who beat Mendelssohn not so long ago, West Coast. And then the winner himself, Mendelssohn, followed by Roaring Line, <laughs> Yoshida, the brilliantly named Mind Your Biscuits and Thunder Snow, who, of course, disgraced himself in a Kentucky Derby two years ago, but bolted up in the Dubai World Cup earlier this year. Peter, this is all on you to start with. Uh, assess the Breeders' Cup Classic for us. There's so many different ways you can go in here. So many great storylines. Um, my general view in the race is there are enough reasons to oppose those at the top of the market that I want to be looking for something a bit longer. 
the places I have landed, and I don't think I can get away with it without with betting only one here. I think I'll be betting two, and I'm hoping that uh, the prices are going to allow that to still be a nice value play. I've been a very big fan of Yoshida for his entire career. He looked so good last uh, last time on dirt in the Woodward, and he's looked so good in training. Definitely one of the the sort of buzz horses of the week who's really just made an incredible impression getting over the Churchill Downs track. Um, Double-digit odds on Yoshida are very appealing. And the other horse I like, funny enough, has a similar angle in that a, a horse who's won grade ones on, on turf and, and dirt this season, and that's Catholic Boy. Catholic Boy hasn't been out since the Traverse Stakes. He handled Mendelssohn pretty easily in that spot. Mendelssohn has come back since to run very, very well in the Jockey Club Gold Cup, where I believe he was best chasing a very fast pace, putting away a very big favorite only to get run down late. In a way, even though he didn't win, I feel like that form, Frank's Catholic boy, uh, another one who's doing very, very well. And I think both of these horses, again, you might... uh, they might be looking to do some international arbitrage here. Shop around and get your best prices. But I'm thinking you're going to be able to to get double digits on Yoshida and something on the order of eight to one around Catholic Boy before it's all said and done. And I think they both have big chances. Uh, you know, we can go as much as far as you like talking about the favorites uh, and and the views on them. But uh, the short answer is while they're live. They none of them are appealing to me at the prices because of the attendant questions and quality of this field. They're both interestingly bred. Catholic Boy is by more than ready. Um, obviously, Mendelssohn is a son of the late great Scat Daddy. Uh, and you're right, Catholic Boy did kind of blow past him 70 days ago by the time this race comes along uh, and, and beat him with ease. But I wonder if all of this was part of the Aidan O'Brien plan of getting Mendelssohn built up to get to the classic. What's the vibe been on track from Aidan and his team um, about Mendelssohn? Because uh, we have a guest on the show called Jane Mangan who gave an Any Given Sunday Al Pacino impassioned speech about how (laughs) there's no better man to have him right on the day and this is the horse. This is the one that finally lands us the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, so do you think that there are the right vibes about him, even though you're going with Catholic boy? I haven't talked to anybody on the O'Brien team, just to make it clear. I do believe that the races is going to have some, some, uh, good content to get a little bit of that inside view. I like Mendelssohn a whole lot. He's been among American folks that I've been talking to. He's been a little forgotten in this race. I'm a little concerned He's going to have to tangle with some pretty, uh, pretty salty horses up front and then have enough to hold off the likes of the horses that I'm picking. You're going to have horses up in the vanguard with him like McKinsey, like West Coast, um, potentially like uh, the, 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 the horse who's likely to be the favorite accelerate as well. It's a very tough assignment. Look, I'm a huge Mendelssohn fan. I'd absolutely love to see it happen. If the price gets silly, I'll get involved. But I feel like his attributes are obvious enough that the value isn't going to to particularly be there. As a USA Exotics player, 
Um, I'll probably try to find some ways to cover the possibility of him winning where it doesn't ruin my day because I'm a big fan of his. But it didn't – the way the field got composed, the amount of pace in here, and not just pace but quality pace, isn't what I would have been hoping for him. I would have been more, much more excited about his chance immediately after the Jockey Club Gold Cup before I saw just how this field came together. It's going to be tricky. I wouldn't put you off. How's that for sitting on the fence? I think I have some splinters. Uh, yeah, there's a, just there's a few <laughs> splinters there. Just a few. Speaking about talking to the Bally Doyle team, Kevin, you announced at the start of the show that you've just completed your Aidan O'Brien stable tour, and it's available for everyone to read on the At The Races uh, Breeders' Cup special site, which is breederscup.attheraces.com. So what was his view on Mendelssohn? I, I thought he sounded very happy. You know, they've, it really is unprecedented, the preparation they've given this horse yeah. to get him ready for this particular day. And um, they've had goes in the Classic before, um, but never have they committed so much time and money and effort to give a horse a Classic preparation like this guy. Like, he's been over and back um, around, around the world, essentially, this whole year. You know, he won at the, at the Breeders' Cup meeting this time last year. And since then, you know, he's been to Maidan. He's been over to America on four different occasions um, since May. You know, that's just unbelievable. And he's gone back for the fifth time here this year. And to be fair to him, from the absolute shambles and disaster that was the, the, the derby, um, he's oh. come on run to run. And his run last time was full of promise. And the only concern I had coming out of it was, God, I hope that run doesn't leave a mark on him because they went brutal fractions up front. He chased a leader that was going very much an unsustainable pace and diversify, and they were picked up late. But you could certainly make a case that he, that he on another day, he might well have won if he was ridden in a, in a slightly different way or, or a very different way. Um, and that, that represents good, solid dirt form. He's drawn nine, which I think is just fine. And um, you know, Aidan O'Brien wasn't hiding anything. He said he will go forward. That doesn't mean he lead, but he will go forward, and um, and be at least prominent. And uh, I look, I couldn't have a bet in this race. I could never have a bet in this race. The likes of um, Roaring Lion and that. Good luck to them now. But I, I'd be shocked if if he got in the mix. Um, and Mendelssohn, I'd just be delighted for for the team because you love to see uh, um, real uh, ballsiness and preparation rewarded uh, and that would be the case here because they, they've put an awful lot into this horse this horse could have been competing in in group ones on the turf mm. um all summer if he was trained by anyone else that's what he would have been doing and probably competing very well but they have a thing about this race they have a thing about dirt top class dirt racing in america they want to win some of these big races and it really is the the one thing that Aiden perhaps hasn't done in, in his in his long career, and um, this is the one that they that they really really want that they haven't got already, and I think that it would be a source of immense satisfaction for all concerned if he could do it. Look up against it, ten to one shot or whatever he is, but purely uh, from a spectator's point of view. Um, he'd be the one I'd be shouting for. Oh, he's going to be carrying my money as well. In terms of Roaring Line, are both of you dismissive of his chance? He's had a brilliant career in Europe, and, and this will be his final race, we think. But 
Is this just a, a journey too far for him, racing on dirt in the Classic? Peter, first of all. Well, I got to see him today. I was trying to keep an open mind about seeing how he looked when he got on the dirt. And he actually popped from the gate okay this morning, but he, I thought he showed knee action that made him look like a turf horse that wasn't fully happy on dirt. Mm -hmm. And even if he looked smooth as silk on dirt, still has the issue of that inside draw and a tough field and going to have to take kickback. I just don't see it. I I'm hoping plenty of money comes in for him that uh, juices up uh, through the tote, that juices up other prices. It'd be a great story. He's such a cool horse. But I think it's, as you said, suggested, maybe a, a bridge too far. Kevin? Couldn't see it myself now. Couldn't yeah. see it. I would love to be wrong So I'm very, very fond of the horse. And he tries really hard. And he's very, very talented, clearly. But, oh, this is such a tough ask. From the draw, everything else. Oh, such a tough ask. Yeah. Um, couldn't see it. Couldn't see it myself, but would love to be around. Sporting decision, though, to let him take his chance. And uh, Sporting decision. He would have won the mile. Ah, uh, you're just bitter. Um, Coolmore <laughs> has given it a go over the years with Galileo, who bombed out Hawkwing and, and uh, many others. They've gone close with Giant's Causeway. Giant's Causeway and oh. Declaration of War. They went very close with both of them. Um, hopefully. They get the job done this time with Mendelssohn. Finally, your selections for the race, Peter? I'm going to bet win money on Catholic Boy and Yoshida. All right. Your best bet for the Breeders' Cup 2018, Peter T. Fornatal, is... Give me newspaper of record at the current odds. If we get down oh, no. to the money... It could be another story, but but if we're six to four or higher, I'm happy to plant a flag there. Your best bet for the Breeders' <laughs> Cup 2018, Kevin Blake. East. <laughs> ah, come on. We're come going on. Head to head, we're come going on. To you head. can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can recommend an each way bet on that horse, but you're going to have to put something else up. You can't be taking them on. Uh. No, she's my she's my nap. She's my nap. I'll put oh, something else up if you want, but she's my nap. <laughs> put something else up then as well. Um, Izira. Izira. Okay, and I will go with Mendelssohn. Go on, the dream's alive, and you'll see it. <laughs> All live on At The Races. And you'll see Peter T. Fornital live on ATR as well. Don't forget to read his content on breederscup.attheraces.com. Peter, it is a pleasure chatting to you. You're off to do your DRF podcast right now. So uh, you can get more content from Peter there. Absolutely. DRF Players Podcast. And always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. You're nothing like Chapman says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you can tell us all about your Chapman experience on Monday when you're back with us to review the Breeders' Cup 2018 uh, very much looking forward to that Peter have a great Breeders' Cup we'll chat to you on Monday looking forward to it boys Kevin Cheers, pleasure as always my friend I'll chat to you on Monday as well good luck and thank you so so much for listening hopefully we have unearthed a few winners for you peter certainly did for his last year as did kevin hopefully there'll be some more winners this year come on mendelson i'm gonna want to be wearing a mendelson jacket this time <laughs> next year 
Kevin Buckley, I'll be begging you for a hat and jacket again. It's all about him for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Enjoy it all live on At The Races. Check out the At The Races Breeders' Cup microsite as well. We'll talk to you soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The song, the song. Oh, I completely forgot about it. Sorry. You were making a very good point to me earlier on that um, America is just rudderless. It's without proper leadership. And the Americans deserve somebody man or a woman who can take the reins and who can inspire the americans out of the turmoil that they find themselves in and there's only one man for that job and instead of saying his name we will play his theme song and we will end the show on his theme tune you will surely know who we're talking about by this track Until Monday, talk to you next time on the Final Furlong Podcast. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18+. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? 
With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.